You know, the world right now is a really unsettled place. And for such a time as this, women play a most important role in history as peacemakers. The goal of Ladies of Liberty Sound Off is to affect the lives of women in an empowering way through discussion of important issues of the day. So, are you ready? The Ladies of Liberty are ready to sound off. Welcome to Ladies of Liberty Sound Off. Hey, ladies, there's a new, not new, it's an old tradition, but from what I'm reading lately, traditional wives, and now they have a name for them called trad wives, trad wives, yeah, for traditional wives, um, women who stay home, take care of their house, take care of their family, take care of the husband, um, more and more women, young women are going in that direction today. Have you seen that? That's awesome. That makes me happy. <laughs> you know, it makes me happy too. Um, I I don't think it's something that women should be criticized for, but yet there are those career women who are, who are criticizing uh, women who want to be traditional wives. And, you know, they're even doing things like wearing the, the dress like they wore in the fifties TV shows. And, you know, I, I don't think it's a bad thing to stay home first of all. And I don't think it's a bad thing. In fact, I think it's a great thing to be able to stay home with your children. Oh, yeah. I, I agree. I, I mean, I know Judy and I think along the same lines of this because our, both of our kids went to school together. Mm -hmm. Or I should say two, because Judy and Brian have two and we have just one, but our kids went to school together. And because we went to this type of school, there were a lot of stay-at-home moms. Um, I worked before Mary was born and then didn't work for about the first seven years of her life. But traditional, <clears throat> you have to define tradition. And they, trad wives, according to what I'm reading, picking up on the traditions from the 1950s. No, I like can't. Well, what traditions. What are they? They are what you would consider um, the the gender roles, where the husband is the breadwinner, the wife stays home with the kids, raises the children, mm -hmm. and I don't want to say it's given an allowance for shopping and this. I mean, that's that's like extreme. I'm sure they work finances. Yeah, in a healthy manner, but it is you have different, not completely separate, but your gender roles are more traditional, where the wife mm -hmm. does more of the house cleaning and keeping because the husband is away at work, and she's taking on the lion's share of the child rearing, and a lot of people even listening are probably like that's terrible. That's awful. And you know what? There are so many benefits that come with that. And I can only speak from personal experience. I thought before my child was born that I was going to be able to drop her off at daycare and do my hour commute to Grand Rapids, Michigan, and not give it a thought. Well, after she was born and I saw that little face, I, I'm not afraid to say something happened. 
definitely yeah. something happened. There was no way in the world that I wanted to let somebody else be in the care of my child for eight to 10 hours every day and not participate in that and not, not, I wanted to be the life influence in my child's life. And I wanted them, him or her to share in understanding certain things that we value and that we place high value on and not just be at daycare with a bunch of other kids, which is like socializing puppies. And that's, you know, probably fine for those that choose to work outside the home. It, it is a choice. It is a great big choice and a sacrifice because we lost half our income. And it was a decision that we made to do that. And yes, it meant some serious life altering changes. Some we didn't even do very well at, <laughs> but I think in the end, the value that you get back from putting that time, energy, love, effort into being a more traditional housewife and mother, you can't ever put a price on it. And it's actually eternal. It's phenomenal and wonderful. Yeah. I mean, I, I agree with you. I made that same choice, um, but it, that choice didn't come easily um, to me or to Brian or to my husband. Um, what's interesting is, you know, we had many conversations and <clears throat> very similar to, to what happened. You know, I, I had a huge career. I was uh, VP of sales for uh, a huge gift line. And my clients were Neiman Marcus, Saks Fifth Avenue, um, Nordstrom's. I, I had uh, the whole West Coast, and, and I mean, from El Paso, Texas, all the way down to, you know, from El Paso, Texas, all the way up to Alaska. Um, and then I took over the Midwest plus Canada. So I was on a plane a lot. I loved my job, really good at it. And um, I had it all worked out, man. My I hired my dad as a nanny and he was fabulous. So he would come and stay while I, you know, went on the road because I'd be traveling three weeks out of the month and which is horrible. So I'd have to kiss my baby on a Tuesday and see her again on a Friday. And I realized very quickly that I wanted to mess her up, not have somebody else do it. <laughs> I'm like, this is not good. <laughs> and the, um, it was so Interesting though, because Brian was very afraid that if I became a stay-at-home mom, that I would become uninteresting, that I wouldn't be interesting or cutting edge or sexy or, you know, anymore, that I would just be <clears throat> a blob, I think. And that I, I wouldn't be interesting anymore as if had all of my you? knowledge and had he met you? <laughs> all of right. All of my knowledge and my wit and my right brilliance would go right out the window, right? With the placenta, right? <laughs> but, you know, um, and, you know, we prayed about it. We talked about it. We got really good counsel. And, um, and I made the leap to become a stay-at-home mom. Now, 
when I look back and I, and I look at who I am, you know, I, as, as that choosing that role for myself was pivotal in who my children became, you know, who they grew up to be and the whole, as they watched me take care of them and still have a brain, still have a brain, right. And be involved, um, with different, uh, charities. Uh, obviously we were very involved with school like you were. Um, and I, yet I kept a beautiful home. I, uh, made sure that, that I looked good when my husband came home, that I wasn't, you know, in dirty sweats or a big sweatshirt that there was spit up on me. And, you know, now I, I, I'm not saying I didn't have bad days. I had bad days, but when Brian came home, I wanted to make sure that it was a wonderful home to come home to, right. That he was excited to get home. Um, that when he would go on a trip, I would, um, I, I remember having this big stash of little trinkets and little gifts for the girls And when daddy came home, I would grab two of them and uh, I would hug him and kiss him and I would slip them in his pockets. And the girls then would, you know, run up to daddy and he would pull out the gifts. And um, I think, especially with girls, having girls, the love of a father is paramount and they they see themselves as their father sees them. And if they have a healthy, good relationship with their dad, they're going to have a healthy, good relationship with their husbands, with their, their chosen mate. And so as a mom, I made sure that the relationship between my husband and my children were, were solid and really good. Um, now, there are many people who might look at that behavior, right. And think of it as, you know, Oh, like, uh, like I don't, I, I don't like with disdain, but I can tell you that things like having dinner together as a family every night and children who grow up having dinner with their family every night around the table. Okay. Um, the drugs are, right under Obama stated the number one thing you can do to um, prevent your children from getting, you know, getting addicted to drugs is to have dinner with them every night. This is really simple, but, and I know that I've said this before on our show, but if you're a stay at home mom, you can have dinner ready. You can, you know what I'm saying? You're there when the kids come home, you're making sure that they, are doing their homework, right? Um, that they get that all done and then they get a good meal and you get to talk to them and you can see the subtle changes in their personality, uh, you know, as they move through their life. And you know, when something's wrong, it's very difficult to figure out something's wrong when you're going through the McDonald's drive through Okay. Yeah, I agree with you, Judy. All right. And I, as a mom who didn't stay home, um, I wish nothing more in my life than that I had stayed home. Um, and there are lots of moms who can't stay home. 
and but sure. we, we can make we can not bad wrong yeah we can make adjustments um to to make sure uh, like i did even though i worked I made sure that I was at every one of my kids' little league games and different things. You know, I, I'm that that was what I did, and you know, in in that same vein, um, having a grandchild now, uh, my daughter-in-law is wanting to do the same thing that I did, um, and it is changing jobs in order to be able to work from home and raise her child. So yes, she has to work and earn some money, but the flexibility in her job will be such that she can actually do both. And, you know, I mean, that's, that's, that is what's important. And, you know, people, I I don't know why people have to badmouth this as though it's something bad. I mean, there are people that have said that traditional wives, that's a white supremacist thing. There are people that there's always those that have to speak. Why is it a white supremacy thing? I I have no idea that this, this seems to be the new, you know, word for everything, um, which is really interesting because we hear so much about white supremacy, but in the world, white people are a minority. So I don't know why we're always talking about white supremacy, but whatever. Um, the The fact that women are wanting more to, to stay home, I love that idea. And, you know, when, when the haters say that it's because they don't want to work and they don't want to get a real job and they just want to take it easy. I got to tell you, I've been grand. I've, I've been babysitting my, my five and a half month old grandson. That's harder than my work. (laughs) I'm not, I am more exhausted with doing that than I am with working, uh, you know, an eight or 10 hour day. So it's, it's, it's not true that staying home is no work. That's, that's, it's just a different kind of work. And you know, what happens when, when you work, you generally, you pay somebody to clean your house and you pay somebody to watch your kids. Well, when you have to do those things yourself, it's work also. So Mm -hmm. that, that argument doesn't fly with me, but I, I think it's a beautiful thing. I hope it grows leaps and bounds. You know, actually, running a household carries the same weight as working outside the home. Oh, when you, when you sure. actually run a household mm-hmm. and I've, I have talked to people who have, I don't know if they've actually written a resume, but you could put on a resume that you are the, the CFO, right? Right. CEO, CFO, COO. Right. Yo, 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 because uh-huh. she's a are- bottle washer. <laughs> yes. Um, but it's, it really to do it well, mm-hmm. you do need to balance everything that you have to do. You know, I would say a, a healthy stay at home situation for a mom would not be somebody who's sitting on the couch and watching soap operas all day and eating Fritos, right? you know, letting the kids do whatever they want to do and not caring. And no, I mean, a healthy situation, what, what I ended up doing or whether someone told me this or not, it just, maybe it's just who I am. Life and every day in life became teaching moments, everything. In fact, I remember Mary at certain, 
uh, I'm trying to remember how old she was. Teenage, probably teenage years. <laughs> her complaining. Why does everything have to be a teaching moment? Why? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I'm yeah. like, because it's like, every That's my day. job. That's right, my job. right, right. <laughs> That's exactly right. I was given a gift of a child. Mm-hmm. It was a gift. She is and always will be a gift. And in order to do right by this child, I have to teach her. I'm responsible for teaching her so much, not just how to put one foot in front of the other, eat your food with utensils. But I was required to tell her of who Jesus is. That one put me over the edge. I have to just share at that moment. I remember, I remember this so clearly. Um, I had a, a rough delivery. It was a C-section. My mom came and stayed that first night home because it was a 36 hour labor. It was awful. I, she came home with us so that I could sleep and Mary cried all night long, all night long for like eight hours my mother sat in the rocking chair when I went to bed. And when I got up five hours later, let's say I went into the room and my mother was still smiling, sitting in that rocking chair and just, she's like, she's finally settling down. Da, da, da. Just, she's like, my mom was like, this is the greatest thing in my life. And I said, but she's been screaming for eight hours. She's <laughs> like, no, you don't, you don't understand yet. You don't and, understand. In my, and in my brain, I'm like, what have I done? What have I, I done? <laughs> what have I done? what have I done but the thought of at that very moment like she's gonna be eight pounds three ounces forever and all I could think of was like (gasps) I get to and have the responsibility of not only teaching her everything but telling her about God and for some reason at that moment I just lost it call it hormones whatever like that is a privilege to raise a child it is not a chore or a duty it's a privilege and nobody's ever really ready for it but when it happens that's a consideration when you consider staying at home the responsibility for raising this infant into a useful member of society being a loving kind-hearted person is something I chose to take on myself and not give that responsibility to anyone else. And kudos to all the women who are doing it now. Don't miss an episode of the Ladies of Liberty Sound Off. Subscribe to the podcast. And for the latest news and inspiration, join us back at AmericaOutloud.com. Whether you're an independent, a Democrat, or a Republican, One thing remains true. Airborne viruses love us equally. You've all heard Malcolm and the great Dr. Peter McCullough talk about the advanced nasal solution Cofix RX. Cofix is made in the USA and recommended by thousands of doctors and pharmacists nationwide. Did you know that doctors and nurses have been swabbing their noses with povidone iodine to protect from airborne threats like colds, flus, and pandemic era strains for decades? Cofix RX took that idea and made a more complete nasal formula with lasting cleansing effects. Maybe you're traveling soon or going to an event. Are you concerned somebody nearby might be sick? Maybe the office or classroom stresses you out. Get yourself a bottle of Cofix RX nasal solution. 
Spray goodbye to colds and flus with a Cofix Rex nasal solution cleanse. That's cofixrx.com. Save 20% by using promo code OUTLOUD at cofixrx.com. Hello, I'm Ben Marble, MD, and I founded MyFreeDoctor.com as a donation-supported, faith-based nonprofit with a mission to save lives by delivering free doctor visits to patients in all 50 states of America. MyFreeDoctor.com treats a broad range of health concerns like COVID-19, long COVID, sinus infections, urinary tract infections, rashes, medication refills, and more. So please visit MyFreeDoctor.com where we're healing America one person at a time. Hey, welcome back to Ladies of Liberty Sound Off. I'm Judy Moran. I'm the, um, what am I? I am the, <laughs> I'm the VP of Client Relations here at the 12-week year. Um, and I'm a fabulous wife, great mommy. I'm a, a good friend. Um, and I'm here with two of my best friends, Linda Martinelli, who is, powerful. I knew she was a powerhouse the minute I met her. Uh, she owns her own business. Um, and she is also co-host of, uh, talking while married with her husband. Uh, and she also produces this incredible show. And then my Becky, Becky Kolmainen is the voice talent. She, um, hello. Hello. <laughs> She has such a smooth, silky, sexy voice, and uh, she is out. She is up for hire people if if you need anything. Um, and we're here. You know, we just came back. We're going to talk about uh, an uh, uh, an issue that's occurring in California. Linda um, brought it up to us. Uh, why don't Why don't you tell us about it, Linda? And thank you for that introduction, Judy. Um, oh yeah. So George Gascon in Los Angeles, who we all know is a very uh, progressive, liberal, George Soros-funded district attorney, um, has a case with a young man that uh, made threats against a school, and he came to school apparently with guns, stolen guns, by the way, and George Gascon has decided not to prosecute him, saying that he needs more information. I don't really understand what more information he needs than what he's got, but this is it's this is not an isolated case. This is something that's happening constantly in uh you know cities of all types that have these George Soros liberal progressive district attorneys. And with the school shootings that we have had why on earth would you not prosecute somebody who has made threats online to a school who has uh, guns, who has body armor, and is prepared to take action? I don't understand. It doesn't make any sense to me. I'm, I'm just, my mind is boggled by this. It states that this person was an adult, not a minor but an adult the suspect had two oh, sorry i thought he was a minor no it says I, I will read it here um this was recent also the unnamed suspect is an adult allegedly carrying two stolen pistols body armor high capacity magazines and ammunition when the police 
arrested him, but the social media company had not yet turned over information requested by detectives. That's what he was waiting on. He was actually waiting on social media to confirm something before the district attorney would put out an arrest warrant. I've, I've never even heard of that before, that policing now is contingent upon social media and getting facts from social media. What is that? So would, seems- would, would the possession of stolen firearms not be enough? Of course it would. Don't you think? Of course just that alone, just that alone. Um, but, w- you know, we should have laws in place. I mean, don't we have laws in place that you can't come within so many feet of a school? Right, right. With yeah. any firearms? Uh, a thousand, thousand feet. feet, right. Yeah, right. A thousand feet. Um, Gascon is, is, uh, just to me out of control when you you look at, so he decides that, uh, there, he's not going to press charges or, uh, pursue any, you know, charges against this, this, uh, individual. And yet he's coming off of the, the new, is it the, um, where was it? the new hall shooting. Yeah. The double shooting in new hall. Okay. With two people dead, including a 16 year old. Okay. And this, this kid that did this. All right. He, he wasn't prosecuted or rehabilitated for possession of a firearm, uh, a few months earlier. So he had already been arrested once, um, but he wasn't prosecuted he wasn't rehabilitated. Nothing happened to him. And a few months later, he's armed with another firearm and he kills a 16 year old. Right. Um, his policies, Gascon's policies are just releasing criminals back out onto the street. Uh, there's no consequences for their behavior. And I'm telling you, it is not safe. It's California and New York, neither place are safe for or it is Louisiana or Louisiana, New Orleans, um, San Francisco, you, you name it, anybody. Well, even in Texas here in Austin, we have a progressive uh, Soros district attorney and same thing in Houston and same thing in San Antonio. So Soros is spending a lot of money in every election to get these people elected to do exactly what they're doing. And you have uh, Alvin Bragg in New York, right? Who is not, uh, who, really, who is downgrading every criminal charge. So if it's a felony, it becomes a misdemeanor. If it's a misdemeanor, it just goes away. It, it's crazy because what do they do? They go right back out and commit another crime. Unless your name is Trump, then he'll upgrade it. Okay. He upgrades, it, <laughs> upgrades it. Yes, you're right. I mean, and and it's just whatever whim they have, right? They're not, uh, they're not prosecuting for the citizens of America. They're not protecting the victims of crime. Well, and they're not protecting all of us who become victims of crime because of somebody that they let out, like this particular young man that we're talking about, who 
you know, at this point in time is 18 years old. Um, you know, yes, he's legally an adult, but he's still a kid basically. Um, but he didn't get punished. He didn't get put away for his first crime. So somebody else died and more people could have died in a school shooting had they not, you know, come across this guy. It is every day in so many cities across the country. It's, it, it's just, it's scary and it's unfair because there's the reasoning behind it. What's the reasoning? Why it do does um, Gascon and other prosecutors across the nation in these cities that are failing? What is the reasoning behind not prosecuting criminals? That's what I was just going to ask because there's no answer to that from what I'm reading. And it doesn't make sense. I mean, it literally says George Gascon refuses to prosecute juveniles in possession of firearms. Why? It is the same reason that Joe Biden is letting people flow across our borders and drugs and criminals. It is the same reason that schools are teaching our kids uh, uh, about white supremacy and you know, asking them all these questions and talking about uh, their their gender identities, it causes chaos in the country. It causes more crime. It causes more chaos. At the same time, we have just, we just talked about New York. We have the most police officers leaving the city of New York police department than ever before. And this is happening in San Francisco and it's happening in many, many cities where where we don't have enough police and because you wanted to defund them, well, you got your wish and, and now look what we've got. So what it does is it causes chaos. Chaos is one of the biggest things that that happens in a democracy when you're trying to change it to a socialist society. Um, right. You need chaos. Why? Because then the president can declare a national emergency and have a national police force in which they're in control of. This has happened in so many countries. If we would teach children history, you can see it all throughout the ages. And it's in writing. It is in the rules for radicals. It's it's classic. But, But we seem to be ignoring it as a country. And I, we, I understand how we could vote these people in. How do they keep getting reelected? Because people are ignorant of what is really going on. And I mean, how many people do you talk to that say, oh, I don't watch the news anymore. It's, it's just too, it's too bad. I don't want to I don't want to be involved. I just want to live my little bubble. Well, that's what people do. And then, you know, these guys put on when you, when you have George Soros funding you, you have great campaign money so that you can make commercials that say just about anything that you want people to think. And, and that's why. And George Gascon, as an example, has been uh, recall, had recall processes against him twice that didn't succeed because they said that he didn't have enough signatures. Well, they had more than enough signatures, but what Gascon did, and he's very smart, is he sent a lot of people out that were 
were not registered voters to sign those documents. Yeah. So yeah. this, so that that's what happened. Now in right. San Francisco, you saw that they recalled the other Soros-funded uh, district right. attorney Chesa Bodine, and he and he whose parents were in the Weather Underground, and and he was recalled. And they now have a new district attorney there, who, by the way, is still a progressive, but not to the level that Chesa Bodine was. But scary stuff, because, I, you know, Texas being a conservative state, right, right up the street from us in Austin, you, you know, they, they are doing very similar things as what we were seeing here with George Gascon and with William Bragg. It's, it's very scary to all of us. And think of the people that would not have suffered um, either a death or an injury or victimization of any type if these people had been put away as they should have been. Exactly. But like exactly. Judy said, it is alarming how how these people slipped through the cracks. And it is mm -hmm. because of ignorance. And I mean, I personally, I do, I skim the news, but I don't watch like my parents who are in their mid and late 80s, faithfully, have always faithfully watched the six o'clock news and the 11 o'clock news, because you never know between six o'clock and 11 o'clock, something could change. They watch it faithfully every single night. And even during the day, they just keep up on the news and they find it depressing and alarming most of the time. Um, can't believe what a terrible world we live in. A lot of, yes. Um, when you watch that much news, that's a lot of negative in your life. But it is amazing how watching certain types of news will uh, cause you to think a certain way, one way or the other. Right. And uh, so if, you know, politicians are masters at covering things up and the spin. uh, and the spinning and giving perceptions of themselves that aren't real and people buy it, especially if it's packaged beautifully or eloquently and there's a lot of bad things that are happening with with the uh, politicians recently. I think Chicago, thank goodness, is starting to wake up and smell the coffee with uh, Lori Lightfoot did not make the ballot. She's not being reelected. Thank the Lord for that. Um, of course, they have two other progressives uh, that'll be running, but um Thank goodness that community could see how horrible uh, and what, you know, how she has left that city in shambles, truly. Um, but it's just, it's, it's a shame. It's a, it's a real shame. And you just have to think about who you're voting for. Uh, and yet, how can we, <clears throat> shouldn't there be laws in place that if you have, for instance, in Detroit, um, the the chief of police was going to run for governor, okay, this last time. And again, the Soros-backed opponent sent out, right, people who were not registered to vote to, uh, you have to get so many names on, right, on the ballot or whatever to, to nominate you. And they filled it with you know, um, people that didn't exist. 
right? So that they knew that he would obviously make an incredible opponent to them and that he could probably win. And Gretchy's people went out and signed up people who were not eligible to vote. Um, And to me, that there should be laws against that. They should prosecute against that. I don't understand. Don't you think? It's it's difficult to find the truth. Yeah. It's it really, really hard to find the truth these days. Corrupt. And I don't so corrupt. Yep. It, we we all vote for a, a district attorney in order to protect ourselves from people that are committing crimes. And right. they're they're definitely not doing that. No, not no. doing the job. You know, they're they're not not helping at all. Hey, just uh, a, a brief second of good news. Um you know, remember the case in um, Washington that the high school football coach had prayed on the field? Yeah. And got fired. Well, yep. a while back he got reinstated because, um, you know, the, the court found that he was right. He mm-hmm. just won uh, $1.8 million in suing that school district, uh, the Emerson School District. Um, Yay! So that that case had gone to the Supreme Court, which uh, Kennedy's favor in uh, last June, June of 2022. So um, he is working again, and he's got all his legal bills paid by the school. And you know that that's one in favor of um, our right to pray where we choose uh-huh. to pray, and um, that's our second amendment, I mean, our our First Amendment of free speech. And that's, that's good. Awesome. That is really good news. I thought you were going to say you were pregnant. Oh, so, that would not be good news. <laughs> I have a grandbaby. That's that's far enough for me. Thank you. <laughs> Here we take on the challenges of our generation so that we can preserve future generations. AmericaOutloud.com. Seven amazing years. We know that if America fails, the world will fail. It is incumbent upon us to carry the torch for liberty. America Out Loud Talk Radio. The liberty and justice for all. Trouble getting to sleep and staying asleep is infuriating. Your mind races, you toss and turn, and the harder you try, the harder it is to drift off. And today's fast-paced digital age makes it tougher. You're not alone. Poor sleep affects over 70% of us. The CDC even labeled insufficient sleep a public health epidemic. Advanced nutrition company, Healthy Cell, created REM sleep to help you quickly fall asleep, stay asleep, sleep deep, and wake refreshed. Unlike other supplements that don't work, REM sleep is not a pill. It's a gel you swallow with ultra-absorption of science-backed ingredients, supporting all four stages of sleep using calming herbs, amino acids, and sleep hormone support. Over a thousand reviews with an average star rating of over 4.4 proves it works. Take back your sleep. Go to HealthyCell.com and use limited time code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. Risk-free. Love it or your money back. Guaranteed. HealthyCell.com. Code OUTLOUD. HealthyCell.com. Code OUTLOUD. Welcome back to Ladies and Liberty Sound Off. You know, I want to talk about something very serious, um, which we've talked about a number of times. And, of course, this... 
comes from the border crisis. This comes from uh, the president of the United States who has opened the borders and has caused so many problems for so many Americans. You know, th there are a couple of, of issues that I want to talk about. First of all, over the border, of course, we have millions of people now that have uh, entered our country illegally, and they they are all over the country. We have a huge number of cartel strongholds in so many cities in our country now. And we have the fentanyl drug problem. <clears throat> we have the sex traffickers. Um, we have child molesters. We, we certainly do also have good people that I'm sure have come over the border, but that's not the point. The point is that we have rules and laws that say how people should enter our country and those have been trashed by this administration. The result of that is the amount of drugs coming over our border is astronomical. And the number of our people between the age of 18 and 45, which by the way, are the people that would fight for our country should we have a war, um, are dying. And they are dying by the hundreds of thousands. So in the last fiscal year, prior to this one, there, there was 100,000, 110,000 overdose deaths, opioid overdose deaths, 80% of which were fentanyl. And to date in this fiscal year, there are uh, actually over 100,000 again, and uh, they've attributed at least 66% to fentanyl. So the fentanyl, which comes from China, which nothing is being done about by the administration, is coming through Mexico and over our border. And the, the we have developed Narcan to counteract the effects of the opioid. So it's an extremely dangerous drug. You take a very, very small amount, an amount that you could put on the head of a pencil, a sharpened pencil, would be enough to kill you. And it's in all kinds of drugs that kids buy on the internet or pass amongst each other, thinking that they are something different. They could think that they are um, an opioid. They could think that they are um, any number of things, th things to help them stay awake, things you know to help them pay attention, whatever. Now, the, uh, the US Drug Enforcement administration, the DEA, has issued a dire warning regarding fentanyl mixed with flesh-eating trank zombie drug that has been seized in 48 out of 50 states. And what is trank? It's really an animal tranquilizer, but it has the effect of eating the flesh of human beings when taken. And what you are seeing now, and I, I, just, I just saw one um, on TV, that was so disturbing, I had to turn it off, of people in San Francisco laying on the streets. And I mean, literally it looked like zombie world and they were literally rotting in place, but they were alive because this is irreversible. And we have Narcan, which can counteract the effects if taken quickly of say fentanyl, but it cannot counteract the effects of Trank. So 
what now these drugs are mixed together and the Narcan is going to do nothing to help the people. And our young people are dying. And I don't hear any outcry from anybody about it. Well, you were saying too, I mean, so our young people are dying from this. And uh, we look at who's who's producing these drugs, right? Where are these drugs coming from? And um, they're being produced in China, okay? And the cartels in Mexico and the fact that we have this free border, free open border, we're just being flooded. And who are they trying to kill? All of our military age people, all of our young people, anybody who is of age that, that, you know, that we would have right in our our military. Um, You know, I'm not a real conspiracy theorist at all, but this is just, this is just unbelievable. And it's scary. It's uh, we are being attacked um, from within basically. And our government is saying, go ahead, go ahead. You know, just, we've got our borders wide open, let anybody and anything in, um, and all, and it's bringing evil and it's destroying, it's destroying America. Well, here's my question. Why are the kids taking drugs? (laughs) And that may sound like such a naive blonde girl thing to ask, but I'm reading an article where recently six West Point cadets were hospitalized after the authorities said they overdosed on what they thought was cocaine. Okay. Later learned it was laced with fentanyl. So that tells me spring breakers at the beaches are doing serious street drugs. I mean, they're not their smoking pot. They are taking serious drugs. And how is it they can afford it? Number one, why are they doing it? Why is this such a casual thing? I mean, I know in different decades, it seemed like it was prevalent. Okay, let's say early 70s. And whether it waned or changed to a different drug, I I don't quite understand the enormity of the number of young people that are taking opioids, I can't say opioids, 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 um, but others that are taking cocaine, not knowing that it's laced with this. So the point is, there's a lot of, there are a lot of drug habits out there. There are a lot of young people doing drugs and, you know, I could easily go back to their problems in the home, um, the pursuits of money and other other material things are taking over the family values. But it's alarming the fact that, yes, there are so many op- opioids. Why well, don't I have problems with that word, opioids out there? But we also have a group of young people who are very into drugs. So it's kind of a double whammy problem in my mind. Well, it, it is. They, they don't have to be drug addicts or anything to to have this effect. They can literally right. 
in my small town where I live, we had three high school students unrelated one event to the other who died from fentanyl because they were good students. They were staying up late to study. And one of their buddies gave them, um, I, I don't know what you take to stay up at, you know, speed. When, what speed? No, I mean, something that, that you take to stay up, you know, right. speed. Um, okay. So, so that's what they thought that they were taking a, a pill. No, I don't know. Some people have taken a mar marked Adderall where, because these drugs coming over from Mexico have a stamp on them as though they are something else exactly mimicking the, an actual drug. So when you get it on the street or when you get it on the internet, you have no idea what's in it unless right. you get it from a pharmacy. So that that's the, the problem. And the other issue is when you mention that people are taking a lot of drugs and why are they doing that? Well, hello, we decriminalized taking drugs. We made it okay. We put places you can take drugs in cities on the street and, and you can go there and you can shoot up for, you know, no penalty. You can do whatever you want. And this, this is the, the, this is what our progressive left has given us in societies. Look at a city like San Francisco, go on the internet and just look at the pictures and see what that beautiful city has become. It is absolutely I, I I can't even find the words for it. it. It's so horrible. My husband was born and raised there. His heart is broken seeing what's happened to that city. But it's not just that city. It's the streets of New York. It's the streets of New Orleans. It's the streets of Chicago. It's Portland. It's Seattle. They, these people are allowed to take drugs at will. And then for, for just for the kids like the Marines that you said or the kids in school, they, they obtain these pills from somebody and it doesn't have to be a hard drug but they just don't know that fentanyl is in it and now the trank is in it which is the the correct name is xylazine and and that is what is in those and in philadelphia alone over 90 percent of the drugs sampled has xylazine in it and if you can just picture what this does to the human body um and and it doesn't come out in drug tests. So when they drug test somebody to see what did this person take so that we can, you know, counteract it, it's it's just not easily found. They have to they have to have an idea that this might be in it and then do a special test. This this is a big problem and we are losing our youth. And as you mentioned again with the Marines taking it, stupid that they did it, but but they did but had no idea that it was laced with fentanyl. So, you know, the, there, there have been a number of situations where some of the best of us have died from this for, you know, just trying something. There, the mother that testified in front of uh, Congress just a couple of weeks ago who, who lost two sons to fentanyl and, mm -hmm. and good boys, you know, just both of them given a, a pill and they tried it and dead. You know, it just takes once. Well, that's the phrase that I was reading. Just one pill can kill. That's a big deal. Yeah. And, and I think that, that America and the people that listen to us, that they need, they need to really take this seriously with their 
family and with with their kids, not not just small kids, middle school kids, high school kids, college kids. That's me. I don't care. You cannot take anything that has been given to you by somebody who is not a a licensed pharmacist. You you just can't. You you can't. It, it's there's no coming back from that one time. It's frightening. It's terrifying to know that the younger generation has this to deal with. And especially because the younger, the kids, you know, college age kids, there are a number of them that tend to do that. You know, they're good kids, but they just have that one moment where it's like, okay, just this once, just this once. But this is so, this is different than it's been in generations past, in my opinion. Very much so. The one pill can kill thing. This is different. Well, and now with this new substance added, yeah, that's really scary. But you can put the fear of God in them, and they why why do they they have all the knowledge, right? They you know they why did so my oldest daughter? I mean, I I have a um, she has watched my sister, her auntie. Uh, lose her light. Not she's not dead, but she's the living dead because she's a drug addict, and she has seen all of that. Um, what the cost is? We've had so many conversations, and I know that I put the fear of God into her, and yet she's seventeen years old and went to her best friend's uh, bonfire. It was just you know, her and her best friend and her best friend's cousin. And he brought a friend and, you know, and we've had so many conversations, but they brought brownies, right? Mm. Brownies. And you know what? She decided what, you know, just on a whim, I'm just going to have one little bite. Just, I only had this one little, well, of course it was laced. It was laced. I'm not sure exactly what it was laced with, but it was laced. And it was so horrible. It was one of the most horrible experiences of her entire life, of my, of our life. Um, You know, Brian, uh, so her best friend's dad called and Brian ran over there and, you know, we called the hospital, but they were like, there's nothing you can do. It just has to run its course. Okay. Um, So Brian was there for like four or five hours, you know, we're making them throw up, making them walk, not allowing them to go to sleep. They were hallucinating and. and Oh gosh. It was horrendous. And Gabby still has nightmares to this, to this day. And just like it, 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 it unfolded just the way that you said, you know, the one time that you think it's going to be okay. Right. And you just take that one bite or you take that one pill, you have no idea what's in it and what it's going to do to you. And, um, we could have, you know, we could have lost her, you know, Brian brought her home and he called me from the, from the, the driveway. And he's like, I can't carry her in by myself. She was like, a piece of dry cleaning that you lay over, right? The chair, you know, both had to carry her in. And I made 
Emma, who was so little, I made Emma watch all of it. You know, Gabby had drool coming down. She just, it was horrendous. And I stayed up with her the rest of the night, making sure. And, you know, even though Emma witnessed all of that and could see the exact result, I don't know. I know. I don't know. She's going to make the right choice. You know, what causes them to say, okay, because you can tell them all of this stuff, you know, now like the whole one pill can kill. Absolutely. It's a fact. Now we have, um, you know, the trank, right. And it's gonna, that we don't have any sort of anything that can reverse the effects. And so I just, I just, what causes them to do it? I don't know. Just peer pressure wanting to fit in. I mean, that's, that's normal for teenagers, but, but parents need to be aware. They need to make their kids aware and, and don't take anything that, that does not come from a, a legal pharmacist. That that's, that's all I can say. This is scary, scary stuff. And our administration could stop so much of it and they have chosen not to. And I just, I feel so betrayed and we all should feel betrayed uh, by our government who is supposed to protect us and who is actually killing our kids. Well, ladies, that's a wrap. One more step for womankind.